Welcome to the Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, one of the greatest communities of educators around. If you feel so inclined to come and support John Meehan and I and our work and the community that's already there who are making a difference in the classroom, supporting each other with tons of great resources and a great community to bounce ideas off of, head on over to emc2learning.com. All right, today in season six, episode 40, we are talking about assessments and do they need to change. Now, we're not talking about the things that are out of our control, right? So I'm not talking about state testing or you know any of that kind of standardized testing. That That's above our pay grade. So on that one, we're just going to have to go on the roller coaster that our schools build for us strap in and hope we can get to the other side the best we can. But there is a great deal of things that are in our control. And as educators, I think when we lose sight of the fact that things are in control, are in control, we start to feel helpless. And I hope this podcast, I hope this topic serves as a reminder that there are a lot of things that are within your control, the things that you can can, can do. And assessment, your just regular unit test or a quiz could be up to you. Now, some of you team teach and that kind of thing, so maybe this doesn't apply to everybody, but I'd like to believe you could bring that team teacher along with you. Maybe even listen to this well-played podcast and kind of open their eyes that we should relook at assessment. And I'm going to begin with a brief little story, but before I get there, as always, if you would care to join in the conversation, we had some great people chime in about last week's RPG uh, session. And so definitely use the hashtag well played podcast and tag me at Mr. Matera. Love to always hear your thoughts on the topic. So let's dive in. Okay. So <laughs> the story that I want to begin with it took place, I don't know, six years ago, five years ago, something like that. I sometimes in my gamified class, I, I I sort of write some checks that, that, that I can't necessarily cash, uh, at the time. So I started one unit and when I was kind of building the storyline of the unit, uh, it was my China unit. And the storyline was they were going to this sort of training ground to sort of become the best sort of Chinese warrior that they could. And, it said on this like write-up uh, that I was creating at the beginning of the unit that at the end of the unit, you could decide to take the regular test or the red test. No idea what that meant. And when kids asked, uh, Mr. Patera, it says we could you know, make this decision. What is, what is this? Do I need to sign up? And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, you do have to sign up. You have to make that choice whether you want to take the red test or the regular test. And they said, well, what is the red test? And I said, it, it's, it's different. It's different than any other test. So we're not going to have any of the standard questions on it. And it blew my mind. I, I write this check, right? That, uh, yeah, at the end of the unit, we're going to have this test like, like no other. And I'm all excited to give them this test like no other. And... A funny thing happens. I sit down maybe like four days before the test and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like 
Google alternative assessments and, you know, look some stuff up on different question types. And it's the age, the information age, right? Information doubles every like four days or something like that in this crazy internet world and all the blogs and YouTubes. I was bound to be able to cash this check that I wrote at the beginning of the unit. And lo and behold, much to my surprise, there is no such thing. I cannot believe it. There is no real look at alternative assessments. We're still, I mean, right? It's either a project, which is the most alternative of alternative assessments, right? So, okay, anything in the project space could work. But if you're actually talking about, I want to sit down and either digitally or on a piece of paper, test your knowledge, it blew my mind for the most part (laughs) the most innovative thing we've come up with is matching multiple choice fill in the blank true false and an essay uh short response i guess these these are the biggest things we've gotten uh and i I I couldn't believe it and so uh still nervous that i want to give this red test i sat down and i came up with some alternative question types and little challenges they had to do and when it came time there was an alternative test there was a red test kids took the red test now out of this kernel of an idea which i i I don't even really want to talk too much about the things i came up with there uh they were good i'm not saying they weren't but they they weren't great that's not really the point of this chat it is just that out of this idea came a wonderful idea of attempting to differentiate, but in a different sort of angle, right? Typically the word differentiation, at least in my mind, I'll own it. Usually that means how do I help struggling students? How do I differentiate down? And for whatever reason, this, this alternative test, I I felt like the regular test is written for a sixth grade level is written for kind of the average. And so the average should be able to excel in this test. But now we're talking about the red test, which is now dubbed the challenge test, right? So in each of my units, there is a challenge test. And I tell them it's going to be hard. And it is hard because the way all of my challenge tests work is they center around this concept, this idea of active recall. An active recall means that the test itself won't ask you fill-in-the-blank questions. There won't be a word bank. There really will be almost nothing that references the unit. So any of the schemas you've built in your mind, right? So when the teacher says the word Mesopotamia, maybe there's a bunch of things to jump in your head. That helps you, right? So when you're taking a test and then the question asks you about Mesopotamia, schema are coming in your head and populating it with things you know, your mind. That's like the Google search term for your mind in that particular unit. However, on the challenge test, the mind have a bunch of boxes basically uh, and there's lots of different challenges they have to do, but for the most part, it just says fill in content, right? So uh, there is no word bank. There is nothing for them to draw from. The, any one of my challenge tests could be used in any one of my units. Um, 
because for the most part, there is no words on there that connect. Maybe I've changed the background a little bit and made the theme fit what we were studying. But for the, at the end of the day, the questions, the challenge, what you have to do remains quite difficult and has to involve entirely around the recall of your mind. What can you pull out of that mind? And they have to constantly push themselves to sort of cover the most amount of content. So when they get to the next page of the test and it's another active recall question, they don't they don't want to use the same things they recalled last time. So now you're constantly, it's almost like they're building the test. It's the craziest thing. But it ends up being incredibly difficult, incredibly positive, right? Their ability to pull from their mind, their ability to shape what is being tested and left out. I mean, this is a thing. Uh, In my class, I'm pretty much feedback based only. So I'm not, I don't have to necessarily score any of these questions on a two point scale and that one's on a five point scale and that one's on a one point scale and add it all up. And that's how I get to a hundred points and you've lost 20. So that's you're at an 80, which is a B minus. That game doesn't have to be played in my class. So if a kid plays in the, the shallow end, but is able to recall a bunch of things and from the shallow end, I can talk about that. I can talk about how you excelled in these spaces. And next time we really want to challenge ourselves to sort of move a little bit to the deep end with higher thinking skills and some of the other ways that you could describe some of the things that are in the unit. And then there are kids that played in the deep end and and we're making connections to past units, connections to future units, connections to uh, multiple vocab terms kind of in one exploratory and explanatory answer, right? And then each of these answer boxes, each of these areas, each of these challenges, whatever it is on the test are highlighting a multitude of things. And they start to see the interconnectedness of the unit. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty darn powerful to see this. But what I love is this differentiation up. Do you want to challenge yourself? Do you want to Do you feel like you know the material enough to take that challenge? And at the end of the day, I think it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I end up teaching a, a valuable habit that we all say, but kids don't always go do, right? For years, I tell my kids, you should study multiple nights and, you know, you should be practicing, you should be making flashcards, all these things, right? You should write by hand, blah, 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 blah. I say all these things. But at the end of the day, most of them, and I have a daughter as well, and you know, in in my grade this year, and I know that most of them don't study multiple nights, don't do it by hand, are constantly looking for the easy way out, and I don't say that with judgment, because us teachers are looking for the easy way out, right? We're looking for sometimes the quickest way to build that resource the quickest you know i think tpt is entirely built around like just give me my unit give me my unit i will print it off the way you tell me to print it off and we will do what you want us to do with that material uh, i think in some respects that's why john and i have what we call the five to forty more five to 40 uh, method on EMC two that any given resource, we do want you to put five to 40 minutes of your own time thinking about the content and how it's going to play with inside that resource, because it's important that you bring a little bit of the seasoning here, a little bit of the spice packets to the 
activity. Uh, I think that's an important thing. And I think the kids feel that. So what I mean by it's a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit is I ask kids, do they want to sign up for the challenge veggie? And they, oh, sorry, challenge test. I don't know if you know, in my class, I call my tests vegetables. It's kind of fun. We had the potato of knowledge. That was the regular test. And the sweet potato of knowledge was the challenge veggie, this unit. And I have a day where I ask the kids if they want to sign up for the challenge or not. And they have to answer in that day. I don't really need it to be like talking with their parents or their friends or who's taking it and who's not taking it. I want them to self-reflect. That's all part of the learner-centered design, right? The student-centered classroom gets the kids really constantly thinking about their own journey and, and their own talents. And so I have them sign up. And the ones that sign up have thought about it. They've reflected on how well they are in this unit. They then proceed to take the steps necessary to calm themselves about taking a challenge test, which tends to be that you prepare more. So now they study two, three days instead of the one. Then they take the challenge test, which I'm telling you, by definition, academically speaking, is much harder. It is above sixth grade level. And they'll take it and they'll literally, these words will come out of their mouth. That was easy. That was fun. I didn't even feel like that was a test because they're prepared. They're attributing it to the challenge test and not their preparedness. But in all of my coaching sessions with them, I will connect that to their, uh, how they prepared. What do they do to set up for that success? And so by offering a challenge test, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that they will do well on the challenge test because by taking it, they knew they had to up their game and they in, in turn did up their game. Nonetheless, I'm curious what your thoughts are on assessment. How do you do assessment? What is it like in your class? Is it all project-based? Is it test-based? Do you have some quizzes? Um, are you doing different types of questions on there? Uh, on EMC2, we have an alternative assessment category. Some of the things in there were things I built out for my challenge tests, and they now have turned into alternative assessment resources for you guys. And I really want you to think a little bit how difficult it would be to do one of those alternative assessments and have it count as your test that they ended up having to pull from their mind with active recall as much as they can and as rich as they can and as diverse as they can. Uh, look at those with that lens. If you're a member of EMC2, if you're not a member of EMC2, again, absolutely would love it if you joined our community. Well, everybody, that's what I have today. Uh, still working on the RPGs and getting those uh, working on those, I have my first resource eh, about 65% done. <laughs> I definitely got to still write it up. Uh, but it's the most flexible design is what I'm aiming for so that anybody truly could use it. I look forward to circling back with you. I have a few people that I wouldn't mind having on the show. We weren't able to get them on this week, but uh, hopefully we can get one or two to talk about RPGs in the classroom. As always, I hope you have a great day and I hope you play on. Take care.